helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. As a treatment for severe obesity, weight loss surgery's popularity is growing. And when diet and exercise fail the more than 60 million Americans that are considered obese, surgery for some of them can literally be life-saving. My guest is Dr. Robert Bell. He's a bariatric surgeon with Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bell. Tell us a little bit about bariatric surgery, what's involved, and really who's a candidate for this type of surgery? Well, thank you very much. Uh, bariatric surgery is also known as, as weight loss surgery. And what weight loss surgery tries to accomplish is limiting the caloric intake of a, of a patient over the, course of, uh, over the course of a day and hopefully over the course of a lifetime. There's a variety of different weight loss surgical procedures that do uh, a variety of different things. They all are aimed towards limiting caloric intake. But some of the operations additionally have hormonal benefits that actually make the person not hungry in spite of taking in very few calories over the course of the day. As far as who's a candidate for surgery, really, as Americans, we've always fought the metric system, and unfortunately, you need to know a little bit of, a little bit of metric system to see who's a, candidate of, uh, who's a candidate for weight loss surgery. What you need to know is one's body mass index, and that's something that the rest of the world isn't entirely familiar with and is essentially a weight divided by height ratio in kilograms per meter squared. So you need to be able to put your height and your weight into typically a website calculator that can be found on certain websites like the ASMBS.org or the CDC or the NIH website. Uh, who's a candidate for surgery is somebody that has a body mass index of greater than 35 with medical problems such as diabetes, sleep apnea, hypertension, high cholesterol, or any patient with a body mass index of greater than 40. Just from a frame of reference, a body mass index of greater than 40 is typically being 80 to 100 pounds overweight. Okay, so people can calculate their BMI. They can Google it, and then the calculators do pop up everywhere. So 80 to 100 pounds overweight. You know, this is a really severe problem in this country. What's involved in the surgery? Because Dr. Bell, my sister, had it. So I I know what you have to go through. It is not, and I want the listeners to understand that, the easy way out. So explain what all the process is, the counseling that you have to go through. I mean, really, the very long process, but boy, it sure can be a life-saving thing for some people. Well, and I really appreciate what you said about that it's not the easy way out because it really uh, peeves me when I overhear somebody say that or when a patient says that a family member or even a caregiver uh, says that surgery is the easy way out because if all you had to do was have surgery, well, then, in fact, it would be the easy way out. But it is uh, much more involved than that. Really, surgery only limits the calories in. And it's never too soon to think about uh, long-term success after weight loss surgery. And if you want to be successful in the long-term after weight loss surgery, you have to pay careful attention to what you put in your mouth, as well as careful attention to your calorie expenditure, i.e. exercise. Patients have to exercise after weight loss surgery in order to be successful in the long run. Additionally, something that you touched on is something that is uh, hopefully not overlooked, 
and that is the behavioral and psychological component to one's obesity. You know, just because one is full doesn't mean they're not going to eat. And the, you know, these types of eating behaviors, you know, eating when you're not hungry and continue to eat once you're full, uh, there's really not a surgery for that as well. So you need to make sure that those uh, behaviors are being addressed along the way. And we try to uh, capture those behaviors before surgery and also work on them after surgery. And again, these are behaviors that have taken a lifetime to develop, and it takes a little while to get over those behaviors. So in order to be successful after surgery, you have to be willing and able to participate in an exercise program, and you need to address any and all behavioral factors that might be contributing to your obesity. Dr. Bell, tell us, for Summit Medical Group, if someone were to come and have bariatric surgery with you before, during, and then after, is there is there program support things? Because I know that there is a lot of support needed afterwards because it, it, it's frustrating and scary, the whole thing. But boy, it sure, it sure can work. So tell us about a little bit about the before, during, and after and what goes on with your group. So before surgery, everybody needs to visit with a dietitian. And what the dietitian will go over is basically what uh, assessing one's level of education regarding what they put in their mouth. It, it, just because, you know, you and I may know what a, what a carbohydrate, protein, and a fat is doesn't mean that everybody knows. And so it's some basic education that, uh, that patients need, you know, going into, uh, going into surgery. But the dietitian also helps patients understand what the diet is going to be like immediately after surgery. And he or she will also touch on what the diet is supposed to be, you know, long-term. And long-term, uh, I really don't know that I like the word diet, but really long-term it has to do with, you know, good eating behaviors and portion control. As far as the additional uh, evaluation before surgery, of course, everybody uh, meets with a psychologist just to basically see what the support structure is at home and also address any uh, maladaptive eating behaviors that uh, patients may acquire uh, over the years. And again, make sure that those are addressed uh, ahead of time and just just being aware of it uh, so that postoperatively the patients uh, do well. And additionally, uh, patients uh, come to an educational seminar, you know, given by myself, and then I meet with them one-on-one to discuss their own, you know, personal medical histories and, and uh, what they've tried in the past in terms of diet and exercise to, to treat their obesity. And then after the surgery, how long until they can start to resume some exercise and get going because, I mean, it can be scarring or painful. How long until they can start being active? Well, that's the beauty of uh, laparoscopic surgery. So, you know, the first laparoscopic gastric bypass was done in 1994. So we've really had, you know, getting close to 20 years of experience with laparoscopic weight loss surgery. Uh, The vast majority, you know, let's say 90 Five to 98% of weight loss surgeries being performed in the United States these days are done laparoscopically through small incisions. And when you perform an operation through small incisions, that really enables the patient to get back on their feet uh, very, very quickly. So the day the patients are discharged home, which is typically one day or two days after surgery, I encourage the patients to go for a walk. Now, that's not exactly getting into the gym with a personal trainer, but it is, uh, is being up and active. And so I really expect that the patient's level of activity to be as good as it was before surgery within days after surgery. And then hopefully within weeks after surgery, the activity level is actually 
much better than it was before surgery because, of course, there'll be some uh, tremendous weight loss over those first couple of weeks. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Bell. Give us your best advice for people out there considering bariatric surgery, gastric bypass surgery, anything that you're doing that can help them lose the myriad of extra pounds. Well, I think the best thing is to be educated, and there's a variety of ways to be educated. You can attend uh, seminars, such as the one that uh, that I give, but you can also do some uh, reading on the Internet, um, whether it's through reputable websites, again, like the American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, or the NIH websites, the National Institutes of Health, or the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. I mean, I would look for those type of reputable websites. I wouldn't look for uh, really advertisement-based websites, so I would go to really more of your organizational websites. And then lastly, I think it's really nice to go to a support group um, and talk to patients that have had the surgery because it's one thing to hear what it's going to be like for me, but it's another thing to hear what it's going to be like from not one patient, but, you know, you know, 20, 30, 40 patients uh, generally attend these support group meetings. And, you know, those are a good people, that's a good group of people to pick their brains about, you know, what it was like uh, with surgery, uh, you know, in the hospital, what it was like after surgery, what they're doing to be successful. And the vast majority of times what patients will say is, at this is the support group patients, oh, I should have done this years ago, is, uh, is a very common thing that people will say. But they can... Uh, provide an excellent uh, uh, source of insight for preoperative bariatric surgery patients or these postoperative bariatric surgery patients that you'll find at support groups. That's really great advice and great information for those people listening that are really considering something that you act, that you really need to help you lose that weight. But as Dr. Bell said, you have to consider all of your options carefully. It is not for everyone, but it is also not the easy way out. It's something that you do with counseling and a dietitian and exercise, and you have to change your life and change your behaviors. You're listening to Summit Medical Group Radio. For more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.